check, check, white check. live on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is week two of the, uh, the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. We're going to have Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas on. Squared. Jason Squared coming in uh, talking about Phoenix. This show's more uh, more a look ahead than a look back. We've uh, we've done it a few times. Uh, we did it all last season outdoors, and I know, uh, you know, we feel like Anaheim 1 is... is in our rearview mirror, it's gone, and uh, so we're going to look ahead on this show. We're going to try to uh, focus on the upcoming race, which is Phoenix Supercross this weekend. Uh, very, very exciting stuff, and, and thanks to uh, Fly Racing for coming on board with us. Fly Racing designs its race where uh, to complement a rider's natural movements on the motorcycle. No unnecessary distractions. Straightforward, no-nonsense function, fit, and style. Fly Racing products are distributed exclusively in the United States by Western Power Sports. The official gear of Nick Schmidt. Yeah, Fly Racing and Nick Schmidt teaming up. So thanks, everybody, for, uh, for listening. And NFAB, of course, NFAB is the leader in Jeep and truck products, making quality Nerf bars, pre-runners, off- other off-road accessories. NFAB's committed to building a heavy-duty, high-end, high-quality tubular part for all the latest trucks and SUVs, n-fab.com. Check it out. Uh, the Ridgeline production is ramping up, from what I hear. So all you Ridgeline owners, get, uh, get ready for that. All right, uh, I'm Steve Mathis. With me, taking your calls, handling everything behind the scenes. Uh, he's back in his familiar chair for another week. It's the Tis Legendary. Mr. Legendary, how are you? What's up, Steve? How was Anaheim 1 for you? Ryan Dungey, second place. He rode well. Not, not aggressive enough, but he rode well. Not aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. Oh. I agree with you. I've read your stuff. Thank you. I know what you were talking about. I just feel like if he had gotten past Reed soon and he was on him before Reed gapped him a little bit. He could have maybe won the race. I was telling my buddy, I said, it wouldn't surprise me, right after RV went down, I said, it wouldn't surprise me if RV got back up, passed everyone again, and won the race. It also wouldn't surprise me if Dungy slowly crept up and got everyone and won. I did not expect Roxon to win, though. Yes, I think I'm with you. Um, I, I, if you'd, After RV had fallen, I would have said, okay, Dunge, Stu, or RV will win. One right. of those three. Yep. Right. Um, but uh, it was a fantastic opener for sure. Props to Kenny Roxon for uh, for making it happen. And uh, yeah, we uh, we maybe underestimated Kenny Roxon. Maybe he's going to be a real player. Maybe this is something like 1993, Jeremy McGrath, where just a kid comes out of nowhere and wins the whole damn thing. Who knows? Um, he looked pretty good. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Call in um, if you want to win a couple of tickets to Phoenix. Maybe we can uh, give you some of those or. We're also going to give away a fly racing cold weather kit, which tits, if you've been reading the news, not here in Las Vegas, but everywhere else, this is appropriate. I hear it's a little chilly out there. I do too. Yep. To all of you people stuck in the snow and cold, I say suck it. We're in Vegas. (laughs) Uh, One windproof technical cool weather jersey, one pair of 907 cold weather gloves, and one lightweight base layer top and bottom. Uh, Retail value is about 200 bucks somewhere around there for this fly racing cold weather Mm -hmm. kit. We're just going to give this thing to a random caller. 
Hopefully you're in the cold, whatever random caller you are. 702-586-7857. Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant coming in uh, hot with their opinions on Phoenix. I want to talk to them about what they think they're going to see, what, what they think is going to happen this weekend. I think we saw Kenny Roxon win. We saw Ryan Dungey it's, uh, get second and Chad Reed get third. Interesting that a couple of the guys that are perhaps faster than everybody, pure speed-wise, uh, on a technical, slippery, slippery Southern California track, we saw uh, uh, Ryan Villapoto and James Stewart make mistakes and go down. That is something that happens uh, at the uh, Southern California rounds when the moisture comes up at night. You need to be technical. You need to be having a lot of throttle control. And perhaps the two guys that uh, maybe um, are just the ones that aren't afraid to grab the throttle, maybe they made mistakes, and that's, uh, that's the reason why they went down. Um, so interesting to th- see what we're going to see this weekend with, uh, with Phoenix. Yeah, sometimes the dome stays closed. Sometimes they leave it open, and it changes the track a little bit. Phoenix is always uh, always a fast one and uh, always – well, for years it didn't have good dirt. Then it had good dirt. It was nice and ruddy and tacky. And now in the last few years, the dirt's gotten harder and slipperier, and it's uh, it's not the greatest. It gets pretty blue groove. 702-586-7857. Call in, and uh, you have a chance to win the fly racing cold weather gear or uh, a couple tickets to Phoenix. Actually, let's just do the tickets to Phoenix. You want to go to Phoenix Supercross this weekend? First caller, courtesy of NFAB. Uh, two tickets and two passes to uh, Phoenix Supercross, two pit passes. So you can go in and out. Um, all day, and you can uh, win a couple of tickets, courtesy of the folks at NFAB. NFAB, the associate sponsor of JGR. And if you um, see uh, the Toyota Dream Build truck in the pits, the uh, Tundra that is gnarly built up, that thing's something else. you got to take some photos of that. It's got everything you need, and uh, it's pretty sweet. So uh, we're just going to take the first caller. Looks like our lines are already full, so somebody's going to win these couple of tickets to Phoenix, courtesy of NFAB, and we... Uh, we thank you very much for for, uh, for coming on and uh, supporting the show here. Fly Racing Moto 60 show. So a few things that happened this week. Eli Tomac went down in the uh, heat race and uh, with a shoulder issue. He's, he's kind of game time decision for this weekend in Phoenix. We're not too sure how, uh, how it's going to be for him. And uh, he's going to try to ride and see how it goes, and we'll go from there. Um, bummer for Tomac to... Uh, debut like that definitely not uh, not a way to uh, come in with the big number three so Eli it will be a game time decision we'll see what happens with him also uh, Austin Politelli who did an impressive uh, 10th place in the uh, 250 opener broke his femur this week practicing uh, Politelli Canadian champion and uh, privateer guy working with Larry Brooks Which, by the way I guess that means Larry Brooks is probably not going to come on the uh, pulp show uh, this Monday like he was maybe supposed to uh, Politelli went down broke his femur Definitely out for Supercross. We'll see how it affects his Canadian national status, but massive bummer there because I was really looking forward to the Politelli-Lieb-Canada battle for top semi-privateer in the 250 West Series. I think all those guys had something something to uh, so a good chance of getting it, and um, now Politelli's out. So bummer for him, bummer for Larry Brooks, and uh, it's unfortunate that uh, – he goes down because this was a, a kid with a lot of talent and a kid that could really do some damage, and um, I, w- I would have been interested to see what he could do. So Tomac's a game time, and uh, Politelli's out for Supercross. Sucks, definitely. Hey, did you know, I didn't realize this, but uh, the most most uh, years podium a Supercross. Hmm, got to guess who it is? Larocco, Mike Larocco. 
17 years, the, the Rock podiumed a Supercross, uh, which is pretty phenomenal when you think about it. Well, guess who's coming up on that? Uh, coming up in third place, Chad Reed. 12 years of uh, making a podium. Um, so that's a pretty, pretty good deal for that. And uh, impressive to see that Reedy, once again, now with the Anaheim one, um, he con- continues his stretch of, uh, of 12 years. So looking forward to that. 702-586-7857, the lines. There's a few lines open. Call us in, Fly Racing Moto 60 show, giving away a Fly cold weather kit. Did we give away the uh, Phoenix tickets, Tits? Are those long gone? Yes, congratulations to Jason. Ah, Jason, going to Phoenix. We, get his, we need his address, by the way. Or you got his email? I've got his email, yes. Okay, so we need to get his address because those got to be overnighted. So we'll, we'll okay. work on that. Ah, got it. So if you can email him or whatever, that'd be good. Uh, and we're coming up with Jason Thomas on the line. Um, did I give you the wrong number? I think you gave me JT's old number. Some disgruntled person answered saying, Oh, you know, no Jason lives here, but I've got his cell phone. I can yeah, yeah. try that. Oh, you know what? I probably did give you the wrong number. <laughs> you yeah, did. I did. I have two listings in my phone. Uh, so, anyways. And also, too, uh, Racer X's own Jason Wygant coming up to uh, share his thoughts. So, Reed's got 12 years of making the podium in the Big Bike class. Morocco has the record with 17. Does Chad stick around five more years to get it? Does he care? Does he know? I doubt it. Um, but Larocco can have that that record. Um, I think he's pretty safe, and I'm pretty surprised that uh, Wyndham is second, 14th. So uh, good for good for uh, Wyndham. All right. So this weekend, Phoenix Supercross coming up. Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to do it? Who is Ken Roxon for real? That would be another point. Is Ken Roxon? Can he actually win the Supercross title? No. What do you think? Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Let's see if this guy thinks. Jason Thomas. Uh, what do I think about what? Can Ken Roxon win this Supercross title? Ooh. I mean, obviously he can. Think, He's capable of it. I think he it. can, but I don't think he will. Do you put the odds? What do you put the odds at that he can? I mean, are they are they non-existent? I mean, are they? Are no, they... no, no. I would think that. I think that's silly. Uh, the guy's a world champion. He's you know contended for titles every year he's raced. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I don't like his chances. But I'm certainly after his performance on Saturday. I'm not. I'm definitely not ruling him out. Um, I just think how how strong we saw Dungey. That I don't think many people were really giving him uh, the credit he probably deserved. And then you know, Villapoto is going to get better. Um, Stewart was obviously really, really good. I just don't think that he's going to come out and win the title his first year. But uh, yeah, I would say. 10 to 1 or so, something, just something like that. And that's know, not a discredit to him. I just think it's I know first year's of a learning process. I know you're a gambling man. I know this. So that's why that's why I knew you'd have odds. Um, yeah, I, I, like to, I like to take risks. What if we're seeing something like McGrath in 93? Yeah, what, I mean, obviously if? there's always that, what that uh, opportunity. But I just think that the field is di- – I think the, the level of competition is different, different now than it was then. Um, I think there are too many guys that are in their prime right now uh i think when mcgrath did that and obviously i would never describe mcgrath i mean the guy's the greatest supercross yeah. rider ever but i do think the guys like stanton and and bradshaw and all these guys were either out or on their way out um at that that time so so for Roxon to come in when villapoto's in his prime dungy's in his prime chad's in a resurgence period uh tomac's moving up there's all there's all these guys that are going to make his life very difficult stewart has is obviously better than we've seen him in the past couple of years so mm-hmm. i think he's got to, if, he, if he's if he's looking at championship he's got his work cut out for him but 
uh, I've been wrong before. Oh, you have been. Oh, believe me. Um, JT, 12 straight, 12 years in a row now, your po- your buddy Chad Reed has made the podium at a Supercross race. The record is 17 by LaRocco. Does he, does he match it? Uh, I would assume so because he's planning on racing this year and next year. Well, so, okay, so 17 years? No, no, that's no, not no. going to happen. 12 years. He's, he's not going to race. No, he's not going to race for right. more years. I'm just checking. So. No, that's not going to happen. Okay. But right. um, I, I was really surprised with Chad, though, from his interview that he wasn't more surprised. I, I really, really was. Yeah, uh, he was downplaying it, in my opinion. He had to have been happy. He was He was happier inside than what he acted. Well, you know what? I think if you would talk to him before the race, he would have been happy uh, with a third. But I think given the situation, the way it presented itself during the race, that's what he was a little bit disappointed with. Um, I just think he knows, and, and I was thinking the same thing during the race, the chance for him to come out and win that race was there. He, he could have done it. Roxon was right there. He kind of had Dungey under control, and the other guys had problems. The Chad Reed of, you know, dare I even say 2012, uh, for sure, 08, 09, he goes out and win, he wins that race. He sees the opportunity he, you know, that he pounces on it, which he's always done. That's been his strength is when other guys falter a little bit, he's always that guy that can capitalize on it. I just think that's what he was a little bit bummed out on himself. But that's that's also a product. That's also a product of what last year was. You know, he was kind of trying to downplay how bad he was last year, and that people shouldn't have doubted him, and so on. But I really feel that his hesitancy to jump on that opportunity was a result of last year's struggles. You know, he was so worried about his comeback and um, how bad last year was, and how much it would mean to win. So that that crept into his thoughts instead of just instinct and okay now's my chance i got to go win this race you know type thing so it's a little bit of an interesting uh dynamic going on there in my opinion well let's find out uh from another guy who talked to him after the race racer x online zone jason wygant what's up weege yeah yeah um th- hey did you talk to chad after the race yes did, what, did you find him a little upset Maybe, no, mo- I didn't get the same um, level, I, I think, that uh, you got. He, he did say you talked to him first. I said, you got a few more minutes, you've probably done a thousand interviews. And he's like, well, it's fine as long as you do a better job than Mathis. And I'm like, well, that won't be hard. That's a given. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, because the very first question I asked him, I'm like, listen, I know you guys try to be all, I don't listen to the noise around me, I'm just focused on my deal. But isn't there a little bit of... You know, people thought I would never come back, and I just got a third already. There's got to be a little bit of I told you so. And he said, yeah, it would be impossible to not, you know, feel good about that, to have such a bad year, you get written off again, and you immediately get on the podium. I think there's no way he can't like that or be happy with it. Um, He didn't really get too much into the – he did mention, you know, he got tight in the middle, and he thinks he could have done better. But I think it's it's a little bit of both. But just like JT said, the circumstances did present himself. It's not like he had to beat – Villapoto uh, to win this race. He had to beat a rookie. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure he feels like, man, I, saw, I was with him at the beginning. I, if anyone should have tightened up, it should have been him. So, no, he didn't seem too disappointed. Yeah, I I, uh, I think he should be happy, no doubt. JT, I mean, when people were writing you off for the win when you raced, I mean, how much fuel did that give you? Oh, I, tons. I mean, I was I was fired up every time. I never really capitalized on anything, but I was, I was ready but, to go. But you were ready to go, right, exactly. The point was you were ready to go. 
Um, yeah. All right, Phoenix this weekend. Uh, tell us about the track, JT. Tell us traditional, traditionally what Phoenix is like. Traditionally, Phoenix starts out incredibly good uh, in practice, really, really good traction, and steadily goes downhill. And by the main event, it's really hard, really slippery, and what you would think of Phoenix, Arizona dirt. Phoenix used to have really good dirt the whole time. Early, yeah, early well, 2000s. They, they always want to open the roof, which is fine. Um, they mm. open those doors, and they want to do all these cool things that the stadium is capable of uh, to make the event nicer, and the fans all think it's great and whatever, but it really, really takes a toll on the track, in my opinion. The roof needs to be open for the Red Bull Skydivers. Well, yeah, okay, well, whatever, you know, that's, that goes along with yeah. what the building's capable of. I just think it takes away from the track being as good as possible. Who can forget when one of the Red Bull guys didn't make it and had to land on the street? Yeah. Remember that? That was awesome. I, didn't, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we only had one. Um, uh, nice, uh, a couple things about Phoenix, though. Uh, big floor, fast track, JT, normally, would you agree? A little faster. Um, uh, yeah, typically it's... Um, they don't make the whoops really tough there for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Uh, a lot of flat turns that are really, really slippery. Like in the, the first turn's always flat and slippery. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a lot of uh, consistency uh, issues with with Phoenix that aren't always good. It's consistently slippery and consistently a little bit too fast. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. That's the great thing about this series, and I think. Uh, I know it's something that you like is having different rounds and different dirt and different consistencies and in the in the terrain and all that kind of things. I know I know you're a big fan of that outdoor, so I would assume it's the same for Supercross. Weege, uh, a couple of sneaky good things about Phoenix: really good HD screen, big, clear. Mm-hmm. Um, Fridays in the outfield, Fridays restaurant, yeah, yeah. and uh, Chuck Franklin. Oh yeah! Oh man, I can't disagree with any of that. Right? You know, lawyered up. Leathered up, Harleyed up, I mean, cowboyed up probably, even with the leather. I'm not sure how you look, can do both. But. Look in the dictionary for stereotype of a lawyer. Chuck Franklin will be there. Chuck Franklin, well, former big though, sponsor of mine. The stereotype would be, uh, would be a suit, but uh, instead he runs the leather and he sits on a Harley, and I know motorcycles, and I know motorcyclists. So, uh, Chuck, Chuck sponsored you, JT? Oh, yeah, big sponsor of mine. Why, 2000, you, year, you, year 2000. I had. Uh, did you ever hit and run? Chuck Franklin, Chuck Franklin and Associates stickers on both on the front fender on both sides. You 2001 Yamaha days. 2000, 2000, yeah. Yamaha days. Yamaha, yep. Pro Tour Yamaha. Oh wow! How was Chuck? Chuck is awesome. I think I think the guy rules. He's uh, you know he he's a he's a defense lawyer. So you know that obviously you can take what you want from that. Um. But he's he's a pure enthusiast. He loves the sport. Um, spends a lot of money on the sport. He's a big supporter of it. He obviously sponsors the race. Yeah, he's, and he's always a uh, think, yeah a, a associate sponsor for just that one race, right? Right. He, he takes a bad rap, obviously, just because you know that's his persona. He's larger than life type guy. But when it comes down to it, I mean, I, I know firsthand the guy will bend over backwards to help you. He will. You know, he spends his own money out of his own pocket for no benefit other than having his name on your bike. You know, he's not really gaining any business. He's not a, you know, it's not like he's going to get a ton more uh, criminal, you know, defense cases because he sponsors a Supercross race. Yeah, some guy he sponsors in this, a Supercross so, rider. After the Supercross, if some guy gets a, a murder rap pinned on him, he, he may remember right. Chuck. 
You may remember Chuck. Yeah, it's like like uh, Oakland Raiders games. If someone shanks somebody in the parking lot, right, right, and they need a criminal, yeah, that's yeah, they would get a hold of Chuck Franklin. Right, right. Um, Weege, what uh, what do we know about Tomac? Just game time, race time decision. Yeah, and I talked to Forrest Butler today. I don't go through JT for my BTOSports.com, KTM News. Uh, I go straight to the top. Same thing for uh, Gerke, apparently. So okay. I, either way, I think that means that you're not really going to see, or neither of those guys are really going to ride this week. They're not really going to know what they're in for. So best-case scenario, they can race, but it's still not great um, that they were jacked up all week. Um, How do you feel about watered-down info, though, Weech? What's that? How do you feel about watered-down info? Pre-edited? Um, yeah, I had him, I had him uh, roll through everything we posted first. I'm sure it's right. controversial. <laughs> moved, moved all teeth from it. First and then posted. Um, but Gurky's game time, Tomac's game time. I like saying game time. When's puck well, time? you know what's interesting? That goes back to the big screens you were talking about. One of the great traditions of Phoenix is that they have those great HD screens. And uh, it's one of the few Saturdays all year where there's NFL playoffs on. Mm-hmm. And they're usually like taking place right when practices and the fans are torn. Uh, was it a couple of years, I think, where the Arizona Cardinals were playing while practice was going on. The fans would have rather seen the game on the big screen than practice. <laughs> it was quite a battle. Right. And then one of the, the best tradition ever was for me, I was having to fly back to Pittsburgh on Sunday and Steelers fans trying to take the plane down because they did not want to turn off their cell phones. Um, to, to, uh, to, uh, to get it. Yeah, well, there was one game, I know you find this hard to believe, they were playing against Peyton Manning in Indianapolis in the playoffs and beat them in Indianapolis. No, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Yep, go on. Yeah, go and on. fans were going insane. Like, this gate, like, people were trying everything they could to delay the flight. Faking death, faking heart attacks. We cannot let this plane take off. We need to watch this game. Oh, fantastic. That's another Phoenix tradition. Fantastic. So, um, well, you know, the good thing the good thing about Delta Weege and Mathis, that we have Wi-Fi on every, every flight in the U.S., so oh. you wouldn't have to. We have Wi-Fi. We have Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we have it on every was, uh, plane in the United States or something like that. So it's, right. things have changed. Uh, let's go to John. He's been on hold for a while. John wants to ask about Chad Reed. What's up, John? Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? What's happening? Um, I've actually, uh, first of all, stoked for Phoenix Supercross, and just as certain as TGI Fridays is Randy Johnson, right? The baseball player is always down there taking. Oh uh, yeah, I wonder if Randy. Yeah. Will, I wonder if Randy will be there this weekend and pissing everybody off who wants to meet him. Exactly. He has awesome hair. So, um, anyways, my question has nothing to do with that whatsoever. It actually has to do with what you were talking about earlier regarding Chad. Um, I believe that last year Chad had Sergio Avanto on his team, and uh, as a technician, I assume working with suspension because that seems to be his forte. And now, as I understand it, Sergio is over on the RCH team, and they're with Factory Suzuki, so I assume they're probably working with Shoah. Do you know any reason why Sergio left Chad's team or if Sergio's more back with Showa now instead of RCH, you know, the situation there? Uh, let's ask JT. Do you know what happened with him and, and Tutu? Uh, just mutual separation. Um, yeah, they just – nobody was really mad at the other person. Uh, you know, they were both just looking for a change, and they kind of went their separate ways. So I think uh, I think RCH, you know, made a really strong move getting both Sergio and Kaipo. You know, they're – trying to take their program a lot more seriously. So I don't think there's any hard feelings on either side. It just, you know, didn't work out. And, John, I think pretty sure that Sergio works for RCH, nothing to do with Showa, just RCH okay, only. Perfect. Yeah. So Cool. Well, thanks, guys. All right, thank you. It. All right, uh, this question is for Weege. Mark, what's up? What's your question for Jason Wygant? 
Hi, I just wanted to know if there's any info on if Jason Lawrence will ever come back um, seriously and not just say he's going to come back, or do you guys have any knowledge of, of anything in the works with him? Why again? Well, it's a very important question. Uh, I do feel it's relevant right after Anaheim won where we had a huge deep field of a lot of guys that could win. So let's go there. Uh, no, I don't believe there's any evidence whatsoever. I think even at this point, even when there was barely credible evidence he didn't come back, now there's none. So uh, I wouldn't count on it. I would enjoy the, uh, the guys who can actually win races who are out there right now. Mark, I, I just don't think it's going to happen, Mark. Thank you. Thanks. Yep. Uh, poor Mark. Uh Regis? Yo. What up? It's our favorite what? guy whose bike caught on fire at Phoenix. It's uh, my, my favorite race of the year. But I called to uh, share my truck Franklin story. I didn't know that JT stole my sponsor in 2000. Ooh. I had him in 1999. <laughs> Ooh. All right. I had him first. No, uh, Chuck Franklin. I, call, I like to call that an upgrade. What's that? Oh, you're right. It probably was. Uh, <laughs> So then, 2000, I wasn't riding. I was hurt. I was on the KTM team, but shocker, I was hurt. And then uh, in 01, when I caught on fire, Chuck Franklin tracked me down and handed me $500 cash for putting on a great show. Wow! Wow, that says yep. something. That's awesome. And then, and then the last, okay, last thing, he, uh, I had some problems. Another shocker with uh, medical bills. And not getting covered, I crashed really bad at Steel City, and I didn't. I uh, had to have shoulder surgery. But when I did my fall down card, I told them I hit my head and my wrist, and I didn't say my shoulder. So they denied everything, and it was a big old long out, drawn out thing. But I called Chuck, and he fired off a letter to the insurance company and got it handled for me. Threatened, yeah. Threatened him, yeah. threatened him with bodily harm or whatever he did, but he took care of it. So that guy's solid in my book. Chuck Thanks Franklin, Bird, Lamborghini, whatever. He's awesome. Yeah, giving back. Yep. So that was my. I would uh, like to see what the podium speech would be to pump that up. You know, like RJ used to say, "I'm not encouraging you to go out there and drink a beer, but if you do want to do it, I encourage you to make it a Coors Light because they were a sponsor." Right. Uh, JT or Regis, uh, what would be the best way to, to tee this up on the podium? It's on you guys to be sponsoring you. Yeah. I don't encourage. Yeah. You, I don't encourage you to open fire, but if you do, Chuck has your back. There we go. There we go. Nice. Perfect. Exactly. Thanks, right. thanks, Regis. Yeah, uh, yep. Later. See ya. Um, Sarah. Yeah. What's up? Sorry, I was like double listening. Oh yeah, that happens. Okay. Perfect. All right. So uh, I just wanted to check in with the show. I haven't listened to the show before. I am a Supercross, Motocross, Endurocross, everything. But biggest of all, I'm a Fly fan. So. When I saw that this was listed, I had to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have Jason on the on the line. Yeah, Western Power cool. Sports' own. Yeah, yeah, Jason yeah. squared. All right. Well, I think Jason is awesome. Uh, I read a little bit of history about him and how he got involved in everything he got involved in. If the stories are true, um, basically reading uh, motocross magazines, learning how to read, and all that stuff is just really interesting. Um, as far as Supercross is concerned, um, one question that I have is, uh, I guess, you know, Villapoto, he just, to me, is, I don't do, does, do you think that there's a passion or is it just a job for him? I mean, obviously he's amazing. He is, when I first saw him when he was really little, he was the next Ricky Carmichael. 
Um, you could tell right from the start. Um, and, uh, you know, it just seems like even when he was a little kid, he had that, that stern look that we're all familiar with, I think, at this point on his face. Um, do you think that there's still passion there, or do you think that it's become so much pressure in a job that it's taken that part of it out of it? I think, Sarah, part of the reason why he um, allowed Kenny Roxon to join Team Alden Baker and ride with them is because he thought it would help him with some more fun. Right. He thought it would help him a little bit instead of doing some motos all day long. Maybe he would go over and do some funny jumps and and some you know hit some different hits and 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 I think that um, he realized that. But having said that, I I do think it's a job to him at this point. And I he does he says he doesn't know if his contract when his contract is up if he's out. But I I, I think he would be in two years. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, I think that will be the end. And uh, I think with Roxon, it's not even just having fun with him. I think it's just to be challenged every day, to have someone to have to battle with who he knows can maybe on some days even be faster than him. I think he actually thinks that's refreshing. As, uh, even though you think it would be the opposite, where he wouldn't want that. But I think he likes that element. Um, Sarah, uh, yeah. you want to win the fly racing cold weather package? Absolutely. I'm in New York, and I'm riding around with bundles on. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, hey, the Fly Racing Windproof Technical Cool Weather Jersey, the one pair of uh, 907 cold weather gloves, and the lightweight base layer top and bottom will uh, have you covered uh, there in cold-ass New York. So uh, thanks to Fly Racing for that. And uh, stay on the line, and uh, our own Mr. Legendary will get your info. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Um, hey, so, guys, um, KTM went one and two in the 450s. KTM won the 250s, as you're both aware of. We're just living in KTM's world right now, Weege. They are, they, I mean, they're continuing on with their incredible, like, couple-year run here. And, and don't even talk about Europe and EnduroCross and, and GNCC. And this is, this is something, this says something for KTM again. Yeah, it does. And I would almost have thought, you know, once Dungey came along and erased the, the, the final uh, demerit on them, you know, they, but they never win in the main class of Supercross. You know, once they had a right. genuine contender there and anyone out their title, it seemed like, okay, they've gotten where they needed to be. That's on even ground with others. It didn't even seem like there was much more ground that they could make up. But they've actually figured out other areas where they can do better. They've now got great support teams, which they didn't have two years ago. Uh, now they have two guys with, with Roxanne and Dungey. Uh, and this, none of it is a fluke. I mean, none of the three riders that did well were expected to do terribly no, and, and no. shock the world or anything. So, I mean, this could seriously keep up for a while. Just imagine if Millsaps had been there, too. Yeah, and or uh, if Muscan hadn't hurt himself for the East. Yeah, yeah. It's, but uh, that's some solid teams. And, of course, uh, GNCC, they go 1-2. They, they sweep both world titles. They win the Enduro Cross title with Taddy. Did I miss anything? The problem they've run into actually everywhere but here. Uh, I know in the two, uh, MX2 or 250 GPs and uh, most of the off-road series here, they are now so dominant the other teams aren't even bothering to race them anymore. They're pulling out of the series because they basically know they cannot compete. And I think that's part of the reason with this Husqvarna deal is to create another team to battle with <laughs> so it doesn't look ridiculous. I've heard these words, but I'm telling you, if you go to a GNCC, it's just – 75% of the people, it appears, are riding KTMs and the guys winning every class around KTMs. It almost is like, yeah. well, who are they even beating anymore? You know, it's, they, it's one of the yeah. things that happened, I think, the Honda in Canada, and, of course, on a much smaller level. By the way, Canada, one market that Red Bull KTM did not win a, win a title. Um, oh. But, but uh, um, one of the things with Honda is 
Honda Canada was like, why are we dumping all this money and we sweep everything? And so eventually they're like, well, we're sweeping everything and bike sales aren't really going up. So what are we doing? You know, um, you need that competition. Competition is good with the OEMs because that's what they thrive on, especially the Japanese guys. Um, let's move on to uh, the 450s uh, or keep going on the 450s. Barsha won Phoenix last year. And JT, he didn't just win Phoenix. He took off and won Phoenix. He, he dominated. Yeah, he really did. Um, it was one of the only races I missed last year, and I watched it uh, online in my hotel room in Germany in the middle of the night. But I was really, really impressed. Um, you know, and I basically was just watching like a fan at home. But, mm-hmm. man, he was he was really good and strong and confident and whole shot at both times. And no, it just seemed like nobody had anything for him, period. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, and to be honest with you, I think he could have done the same thing this past weekend. His ride, in, yeah, it, his ride in Anaheim wasn't talked about probably as good as he was. No, absolutely. I I think that if he gets out front with you know we know we all know that Villapoto wasn't a hundred percent. If Barsha whole shots that race, I think that we're talking about Barsha as the Anaheim one winner going away. I really really feel that way. So. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and wins this weekend, I it won't be surprising to me in the least. I, I just think that's you know basically what he had in the tank at Anaheim. He just put himself in a hole in the start. Couple things about Phoenix Weege. Is it just me or is RV not won there in a couple of years? Or has he ever won there? He crashed in the sand last year. He cra- he washed the front end out. I, yeah, another year crashed uh, trying to chase down uh, Stu in 2011. He caught him. Okay. Down. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of weird. He's actually done very well at Anaheim one before. Uh, you know, he won one or two years in a row, but the Phoenix has been tougher. Yeah. Little. So JT as a racer, does that mean anything? Or is that just strictly um, pure? Like, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Reed's the same way. As much as Reed has won, he's never won in Phoenix. Yeah, he's never won Phoenix. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I'm sure he wants to fix it, but these guys are all about big picture. Um. If you have to win when you can, but if, if the opportunity is not there, I, I don't think it's anything where he struggles on that surface or anything like that. I just think uh, just one of those anomalies where the you know cars haven't fallen the right way. But you, if he gets out front is 100%, I, I don't think it's you know it's just going to be one of those things where, oh, yeah, it finally happened, whatever. Do you think it's the potato skins in Fridays? Uh, I can assure you that it's not the potato skins because Alden Baker would – him with like Indiana Jones's whip repeatedly, he would get lashes for eating something like that. Okay, I'm just checking. I'm just checking. So both of you guys think same old, same old stew. Weege, you're, you're. I mean, we both, we all think he rode well. It took him 15 laps to uh, to ma- slowly make his way to the front, and uh, then he crashed into whoops. Weege, you're you're uh, you're on the bandwagon of saying that is that is stew. Yeah, uh, I think it's a misinterpretation to think that the reason James Stewart crashes all the time is because he's crazy balls or doing something insane or riding over his head or riding too fast and out of control. I think that's happened a few times, obviously, but most of the time it's out of nowhere, everything seems to be going fine, and then he has a dumb crash, which cannot be explained rationally, and that's exactly what we saw in Anaheim, no different. Now, saying that, JT, you agree with that, right? Um, I do. Would either one of you be surprised if he wins in Phoenix? Nope. No. No. Okay. All right. So, (laughs) very much so. So, we got Barsha who can win and won last year. And, of course, RV uh, can dominate. Stu, we would not be surprised if he won. 
Dungey won there before. I don't think any last year. Yeah, any of us. Or two be, years ago. I'm sorry. Two years ago. None of us would be surprised if Ryan Dungey wins. So we got, uh, for sure, four guys going into uh, Phoenix that we would not be surprised who won. Can Ken Roxon go back-to-back? Well, I was going to say, we're actually leaving right. out the guy who's won the well, one race so far. Uh, we touched, I think it's almost yeah. law of averages. All these guys can win. So to think that any one of them would win two in a row uh, seems a little – I wouldn't put my money on it. I think it's going to be a little more mixed up, at least the first five, six rounds. The last – uh, my buddy James listened more about this the other day. The last couple years of Supercross, we are we're in a new era. Two three years of Supercross. So, uh, I know RV's won, and I know he's he's won a lot of races, but it does feel like we have more parody Weege than we did in the Carmichael McGrath years, which took over, and Chad Reed and James Stewart years, which is about uh, thirteen fourteen years. I know we had a big debate about this last I know, year. I know. Was it a new era? Was it a new era? Um, but I, I see what you're saying. I do feel like the first five or six weeks of the year, the last couple of years, when the gauge is about to drop, you're honestly saying to yourself, I don't know who's going to win. Uh, and this is a weird thing we debated with Villapoto over and over. If you look at his stats and his numbers, he's been really, really dominant. So why doesn't that point come across? I think it's just that early in these seasons – He's never seized complete control early. He's won Anaheim one here and there, but uh, most of the year the red plate is swapped back and forth a bunch the first couple of weekends. So maybe that's why it just uh, he feels never like it. Yeah. early. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of seventeen rounds he's there, but it just feels like early on, you know, this thing's anybody's race. Yeah, you can even go to two thousand twelve, which everybody eventually got hurt, and then he wrapped up the title two races early. But I believe we had four races, four winners and four races in 2012. Yeah, and two I think years the points ago. switched every weekend. You know, yep. I think the years always start like that. So right. it at least gives the illusion of parity. Hey, Tits, did you happen to listen to the Racer X podcast? Yes. I know you, you're back on to these things. Yeah. Do you agree with me? James Stewart's different. I don't. I'm actually, okay, all right. I'm actually enough with you. Team all right. Jason. That's Sorry. fine. Beat it. You're looking for anybody. I'm trying. Anybody <laughs> out there? Yeah, <laughs> people don't care what I think. Can anyone call asking. in? Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. If you would agree with me, I would say you're an excellent right, producer. Okay. Right. Sorry. Uh, let's go to Jesse. Jesse, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? What's up? Thanks for calling the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAB. <laughs> no worries. Um, quick question: See what you guys thought. Does it seem like the uh, West Coast is maybe a little more stacked than it was last year? Talking 250s. Like, maybe more guys held out trying to maybe win a championship or get the two-digit number or whatever during the East Coast. You know, what are we going to see, JT, East Coast? Are we going to see uh, you flying off the handle again? I don't think so. I hope not, because last year was ridiculous. Um, I think with, you know, we have already more. As long as they stay healthy, um, guys like, you know, Wharton again, uh, Davalos, uh, there's gonna. I think there will be more guys. I think a lot of them saw how easy the East Coast was last year, and they basically Maybe thought they could win a championship be, or whatever. Yeah, well, they they basically were like, "I'm I'm riding East Coast next year, no matter what." You know, just hoping for right. the same scenario again. So, I hope so. Um, I think we second, need that. We need star power. No worries. But um, second question is, if Wilson Wilson was posting all these pictures of he wadded up and hurt his back or whatever. Why didn't he hold out and wait till East when he's 100 percent healthier? Was was he 100 percent at Anaheim or? That's that. That is like, a definite. Uh, JT, you're a little more on this because you know Dean well and talk to him. It it is a little weird. Like 
He, right. It, like, why wouldn't he hold out until he's 100%? Like, Mitch obviously has the guys he could take Wilson's spot on the West Coast and just have Wilson, Wilson ready to go on the East. Well, you know? According to Weed, Davalos was there with Gearbag, right, Reed? He was there with Gearbag. Ready. That's what I was told. Right. Yep. So. Wow. I really think that he, it was basically a situation where it wasn't going to be a lingering issue. It was going to be, he may struggle somewhat one night, and then it's going to be fine. You know, he wasn't, quote, unquote, hurt. He was just pretty beat up. So, I think he rode the first practice, and they made it, they had to to make a decision, are you going to be good enough to get, you know, somewhere three, four, five, you know, maybe even better tonight? And we can deal with that. That's fine. That's not, you know, as far as a eight race series, that's not a big deal. Um, so are we are we willing to take a chance that we can we can do that, and then we'll move forward at Phoenix. You'll be fine. You'll be 100 percent by then. You'll you know, it's not like he was, like I said, hurt. He was just beat up. So he, I expect him to be 100 um, percent. If you you have to look at a lot of different factors. If he sits out and waits for the East Coast, that puts you way behind in your outdoor testing. Um, you, you basically give up this two-month window that everybody else is going to have that they can basically ride outdoors every day. You have to factor that in. And also, he's been working for months and months and months to get ready, and if they decide that at the last minute uh, to wait until East Coast, he's got like a six-week longer break that he's going to have to basically go back and keep practicing again. I'm sure he didn't want to do that. He's done all this work and preparation aiming at this date. He wants to go race. He doesn't want to wait six more weeks and have to practice more and do all these things. He's ready to go. He anticipated riding West and I think he felt like he could suffer through it, which he did. He almost got third. He ended up fourth. And you know, it, it really wasn't that bad when you look at it overall picture. Thanks, Jesse. Yep. Thanks. Ed. Thank you. Uh, Evan, what's going on, man? Hey guys. Um, my question was first about RV. I know you want to talk about Phoenix, but last weekend there in the heat race with, you know, with Mike, and we and we all know that they have a history. I was really surprised that, I mean, I was kind of surprised that RV really sent it in there in that final corner. I know he clipped a tough block and the bike flew out, but where? how do you see that ended? I mean, that could have ended badly in the fir- first heat race of the year for, for him. What do you think, Weege? Was that a little too much to do for a heat race? A little- well, I'm just surprised that he did it. Right. I think he kind of uh, bought into. I mean, it's the 800, and I guarantee you, RV does not want to see the 800 beat him. Well, I understand that, right. but that's why I, I'm really surprised RV has nothing to prove. Why would he let Mike get into his head like that from years ago? It seems like. What do you think, Weege? Uh I think if you saw it, it Villapoto was setting up a, a, a very typical pass, not any different than Mike or anyone else. I think he was just trying to get to the inside set himself on the outside of the whoops to set himself up on the inside of the next corner. And then it was Mike that said, all right, I'm just going to stop and go across the track. And then I think that's when all the shenanigans uh, began. I, I don't think uh, Villapoto did anything abnormal until after he had already been hit by Mike. And then it's like probably heat of the moment stuff. So uh, I yeah, don't think Villapoto I mean. was planning on doing anything special until Mike started it. No, but I mean, what was going uh, That brief moment in time when after Alessi pushed him out, Outside of the tough block, practically that that brief moment coming into that corner, you can see RV really hauling into that corner, and and I was just really surprised he was gonna try to send it in there like that. Yeah, I think that's, that's I heat think of the moment. It stuff, was entertaining. Like, I loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was awesome. I think it's heat of the moment. Like I, for the most part, I think Ryan's done a pretty good job of of leaving the Alessi stuff behind and and racing forward. But he was fast 
after he caught him, Mike ran him up into him, and then I think he was probably mad. I mean, the difference between when Mike hit him the first time and then the next corner of the tough blocks is probably eight seconds between the one corner yeah. and the next. So he was probably fuming at that point. I don't, I don't disagree with you on that. Right. Thanks, yeah. thanks Evan. I mean, that's probably just any racer runs into you like that. You get kind of mad. Gotcha. Thanks for calling. Thanks, man. Uh Yeah, I thought it was all right. It was, I don't think it was any danger getting hurt. Um, hey, thanks for listening. It's not like, it's not like he just bonsai it's not like you bonsai some rhythm section or no. just, you know, hit the whoops five miles an hour faster than he ever has. He, he just tried to cut the inside of a corner and unfortunately clipped the hay bale with his fork leg or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't anything like balls out crazy in my opinion. I just, you know, he obviously just clipped the hay bale and fell over. It wasn't a big deal. JT, JT, did you know that fly racing, they make much more than gear? Did you know that? I, I keep hearing rumors about it, but. No. You're, you're really my source of info no, on that. No, they do. Fly Racing makes much more than gear, helmets, and casual wear. Fly produces a range of bike stands, loading ramps, tie-downs, bars, grips, levers, and more. Visit flyracing.com to view their full range of hard parts. And, of course, nfab.com, n-fab.com, associate sponsor of JGR Yamaha. Will there be a Nicoletti siding in Phoenix, Weege? Is anybody in danger of getting benched for JGR nfab rider Phil Nicoletti? So far, so good. Sixth and seventh. Maybe the reason the results were so good was because of that. What do you think? Is that the game changer? Is Thank that you. motivating them? Thank you. And that is why Thomas at NFAB is uh, on track for the Innovation Award. NFAB, industry leader in making quality Nerf bars, pre-runners, and other off-road accessories. They design and manufacture the strongest, most durable, best-looking Nerf bars out there. N-Fab.com. They got something for your truck. Guaranteed. All right. Uh, quick quiz for both of you jerkies. Who had the sixth fastest lap time out of 22 riders in the 450 main event? Weston Pike. I know the answer, but it seemed like a typo. I cannot believe it. JT got it quicker. So we all we all knew it. Um, it blows my mind. That, and JT, you're a fan of the Nihilist. I mean, you're riding the Nihilist train. Six fastest. Yeah, I, I told you, bro. <laughs> oh, so this, this is just this business as usual over there. Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't know if it's usual, but I told you he's coming. Your your best bet is just to get the hell out of the way. What's his with a full field? What's his What's his top end, JT? What what? Where could you see him like twenty hard laps? Where could you see him go? Uh, best possible result, I think, is like a fifth. But in this field, that's crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. A strong, strong deal. I mean, but when you look at his learning curve, he keeps getting better and better and better and better each year in outdoors and indoors. So, you know, he got a fourth in an outdoor last year. He was running, you know, six, seven, eight a lot, you know, at times last year. Um, so it's it's when you really look at it on paper, it's not that surprising. But when you just when you think about it in your head. You know, being rational, it's 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 hard to accept it. But you you know, the numbers don't lie. As, oh, you know, the, we the, the cliche goes. So you kind of have to start to accept it at some point. Wygant seems like he has he's having a hard time accepting this. Weege. it's well, it's weird. I knew that he would be really good coming in, um, but in pure lap time at the beginning of the race of the year, when most of the guys are there and healthy, six fastest lap time is not what I expected. I thought he'd get a top ten in the main event, maybe even get seventh or eighth in the main event, but the actual sixth fastest time, because I would consider one of his strengths is just his strength of general tenacity, not pure one lap up against the watch speed. Right. 
especially at the opener. So that that's what impressed me most about that. Yeah, if you're looking at a guy who's in shape and could do 20 laps the same speed, Weston would be on that list. But a guy for just, you know, holy balls out speed, I don't put him there, but maybe I should be, JT. Maybe yeah. I should be. Well, in the first the first time practice, which would have been the second overall practice, I know you're a huge stickler of. It's the second ni- practice. He was ninth. Right. He was ninth. So, um, if you that's like I said, if you look at the numbers and you you didn't know who Weston Pike was, or you didn't know his background, or you didn't know his level of support, on and on and on, it wouldn't be that shocking. You know, we're taking all the other factors into account when we think it's so surprising, but the numbers are starting to pan out and make sense with all the things he's doing. It's incredible. So first Fly Racing unleashes Weston on us a few years back, and now they unleash Nick Schmidt on us. That's what we do. Pick people up, you know, piss them off, and then send them out into the field. Nick Schmidt. Can he make the main again? He was pretty good. Every race he was good. Milestone assassin. Man, that was good. Good job by Fly Racing for eagle eye spotting Nick Schmidt. No doubt Max um, was all over that. Yeah, he's a he's a guru. So, um, okay, so Weege, um, before we touch on 250s and then we wrap it up here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, presented by NFAB, after Reed's third at, at uh, Anaheim, have you changed in thinking that he can win a race? No, because I was the one that said he would. I thought you said you wouldn't. Okay, I need to go back and check my, get my facts. I think I was one of the few, I, I was... I was on the Reed train coming in. Now, I would like to ask you if there's any room on the Barsha train, which I was not on, but I'm getting no, very it, nervous that it's going to leave the station, and I'm going to be standing there holding my bag. Do you have any sort of tinsel you can put on your jersey? Because if you can, get on board, because that's what we're on. We're on the tinsel jersey train. Over Overcompensating. They were overcompensating. They didn't like what you had to say about their gear last year, and they've <laughs> gone too far to try to get your attention again. You know what? My wife liked it. Because she thought it was pretty and sparkly. Is that so, what they're going for? Well, this is where my proof, is, my proof is that maybe it wasn't the greatest. The coach look? Is that what they're going for? Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, Barsha is going to be really good. And so this weekend, we've already named four guys that can win. And, and uh, we haven't even – maybe Kenny can win again. Although I, hard to see Kenny going back-to-back to, back to start. But, hey, maybe this is hard to see McGrath start at the, to, when he reeled off his wins, right? Back in the day at the round – was it three – Four? Yeah, I yeah. like how that gets referenced a lot, and it is now 21 years ago. To me, that's proof that it's not likely, not proof that right, it's likely. Right, right, where some dude gets to win, and you're like, ah, good for him, he's got to win, and then he just keeps on winning for 10 more weeks. I, we use, okay, this is the 40th season of Supercross, and we use one a thing that happened once as, well, obviously it can happen. Clearly. Okay, I'll, take the, I'll put my money on the 38 times it didn't. Right, right, exactly. Okay, so 250s. Seeley and Anderson, JT, had a good gap on Wilson and, and Osborne. Do you see that happening again? Or could could you easily see, say, Osborne and Wilson having a gap on Seeley and Anderson? Uh, I don't really – I don't think that exact scenario will play out again. Um, very often – well, I'm going to say uh, extremely – it was extremely unusual for all four of the top four finishers to get out front together. Um, on the first straightaway, the top four were in one, two, three, four. So, uh, with Dean being a little beat up, uh, with, uh, his and Zach's battle, which really, really slowed them down. Um, I just don't see that exact scenario playing out again. I think, uh, you know, I think Cole wouldn't make that mistake again. I think Dean will be better. I think Zach and Dean both learned a lesson that 
to be, you know, being the chase to win the race, you can't get into that, you know, stop and go battle like they were. So obviously it could, um, but I just don't see that happening. And I think, I think we're in for a lot more close racing than we kind of saw. Uh, we, those four guys though, um, I know we were all pretty high on Durham, um, before the season started, but you know, as, as Darren told me after the race, he's never raced the West coast and he hadn't raced supercross in over a year. And he, I mean, he'll take the result, but he wasn't, he wasn't super pumped on it. Um, is there any reason to think any outside of those four guys we each can win this title? Do we already have clarification that those four guys, one of those four guys will win the title? Yeah, I know that some of the other uh, guys in there, uh, Webb had a Cooper Webb had a good first race, and mm-hmm. Durham and Hill, I'm sure, are capable of uh, maybe even going a little faster than they showed in the main event. Mookie, we know, can go super fast. I mean, the first lap was, that was like watching a Excite bike um, when he was getting around Wilson. But I think those four guys up front are so strong. As long as Wilson um, is all healed up, the other three rode awesome. It's just such a tall order. I mean, those are four really, really fast and, and pretty well-qualified guys. So that would that's, I think, more of the obstacle, not Durham himself, but just how good these other guys are. Yeah. Was I wrong on Mookie? I mean, can you can First you First lap, and I don't think it was seen on TV. I don't think they had the cameras on him on TV. He had to get around Wilson. I don't know if he had to get around Osborne, too, but I know he at least passed Wilson. He might have passed both. Yeah. It was one of the most awesome just one laps of Supercross I'd ever seen. I mean, he obviously couldn't ride like that for 15 laps. Uh, his heart rate was probably at max right. immediately, but it was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. was I wrong? Can he win? Well, like, uh, yeah, I didn't know what your point was. Wrong about what? You said he could win or couldn't? I said he couldn't. I, I thought he's too big for the bike. and I mean, He was, at times, impressive. I mean, he went down in the sand, cost him some spots. Uh, I don't think he had anything for those top four, but... Like you said, that one lap. I still and think then, that field is too deep. Yeah. I, I, any of those four got now, if one or two of them will go out with an injury and the door maybe opens, but I don't know if he beats any of the four straight up consistently and then to, for all four to have a problem mm-hmm. uh, would be a long shot, I think. And uh, I feel like Cooper Webb's uh, rookie finish of fifth maybe hasn't been talked about enough, but good job for Cooper Webb and the uh, Yamalube star racing Yamaha guys. Yeah, that was impressive. He was uh, He was pretty much on pace, too. He wasn't... He wasn't too far behind. Like, he was like the third group, but they weren't too far off. His fitness seemed well, too. Um, yep. All right, uh, before we wrap this up, JT, give me your predictions for Phoenix. Uh, I think Villepoto will get back on track. Um, I, I'm really struggling to choose between Barsh and Villepoto. I'm, I'm going to take Barsh for the win, uh, just to, you know, well, you just said I, have, Vill- I don't you, think I've ever done that. You just said Villepoto's going to get Villepoto on track. I will be better than he was. Oh. Uh, I, I just think Villapoto was kind of off all day. Um, but I really think Barsha's – I just think this track is very similar to what he practices on in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll he'll you know, he'll know show that again like he did last year. So I'll take Barsha, but Villapoto will be improved. We won't see him flounder around in the middle of the race like he did last week. Right. Um, 250 class, I will take you, you missed, for the win. So you, got, you didn't give us a third on 450s. Oh, 450. Third place will be uh, – I'll take second for Villapoto, third. I think Dungey will get third. Um, 250 class, I will take Sealy, Wilson, Anderson, top three. Hmm. Once again, just shitting on the 16. No, I, I think he'll be fourth or fifth. I think Cooper rode really, really well, so mm-hmm. kind of a toss-up there. Okay. 
He's, Zach's got a shaved head now. Uh, great That's point. A fair point. Thank you. Good Thank point. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to both of you. Um, he what, does indeed have a shaved head. He does. I uh, can argue that. I'm going to be interested if Weege's theory is correct, that in time practice we see a bit more show, showing off from the kids. And we see Dunge, Chad, RV, uh, kids plus James Stewart. And we see uh, RV, Dunge, and Chad just sort of get, uh, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh place time. Weege, I want to see if your theory is correct. I, you may be onto something. So. One thing that might mess that up is uh, a, a lot of those guys talked about it in Anaheim, but Tomac was in that group also. Now that's a big unknown. Um, you know, mm-hmm. at one point you right. had Barsha, Rocks, and Tomac right in that group. That's three, yeah. you know, relatively new guys. One of them might not be in there this week time-wise, so that might mess it up a little bit. Believe what? in my theory. Don't let the numbers fool you. What do you got, Weege, for this weekend? What do you got? Well, it's going to sound a lot like uh, JT for 450. I, I kind of feel the same way. I'm going to go Barsha and uh, Villapoto and then that – that toss-up third spot. Uh, I think Roxon is just going to have so much momentum coming in. It's going to be so pumped. I, I think he'll finish on the podium, so I'll put him for third. Okay. 250s? Uh, yeah, I think Sealy right now is, is the guy, even though he didn't win the race, oddly. Um, I talked to someone who may or may not be his agent today. Oh, okay. Uh, asked him what he thought um, about Osborne. Um, he's okay if you want a third or fourth place guy. No. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, may or may not be Sealy's agent saying that. Right, right. Did you hear the sound of, like, jet in- engine noises in the background? <laughs> I believe he expects Sealy to win, surprisingly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so do I. I- I'm going to put Wilson up there to second. I think Anderson, I don't know, man. I could see something going wrong. I have this vision. This is it his home race. This is actually Anderson's home race. It is his home race. Yes, as they are all. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Osborne on the podium. He was, again, I hate to admit I want to get on the Barcha train like you, and I also hate to admit I might have been wrong. Zach was way better than he was last year, so look out. Okay. So yeah. so basically, because of me, you're going to go on the Osborne train and the Barcha train. I like that. No, no, because of them, not because of you. Wow. Well, I can't wait till you're on the call. Wa- your, your arguments did nothing, and then I saw them actually rotting, and that's them actually rotting, and that's what well, you're on the Peters bandwagon with me. So, all right, I like. I think that one derailed. I like there it. There is a Peters bandwagon. There is. No, there is. It's it's there. It's small okay. right now, but it's going. It's it's collecting momentum. Um, I like an all old man podium this weekend. I like an all veteran uh, old man podium. I like. Villapoto, Stu, Reed. That's right. The vets are going to strike back. You know why? Because in 1990, the vets struck back at the second race. Good point. I mean, there's. I mean, can't, you, argue, can't argue with that data like that. No, thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, so I like that, and in two fifties, I like. Uh, I wish JT would be a little more open about Dean Wilson's injury. He's hiding something. We don't know. I'm not at all. I gave you the God's honest truth. He rode on Monday. After the race, if he was more hurt, he would not be practicing on Monday morning. I promise you. So you think he's a hundred percent? I think he should be. I right. mean, okay. I think his injuries are will be much much better. I mean, he crashed on Wednesday, and he was able to okay. race on Saturday. All right. So given seven more days, yes, he he's actually riding press day in Phoenix as we speak. So okay. Uh, knowing I think he will be much better. Knowing that, knowing that, I like Wilson, Zach, Seeley. 
for, for the podium um, this weekend. And around the table really quick, does Nick Schmidt make the main again, JT? I'm going to say no just because I think Chiz is going to get that spot. Weege. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Sure. And then uh, Weege and I can drive the Schmidt bandwagon. Yes. you gotta, you got to remember, uh, if Tomac's in there, that's one more guy too. If Tomac is 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 in there, yeah. Uh, but right. Gerke's game time, Tomac's game time. Uh, right. So we'll see what happens there. Is is Nick Schmidt the brother of Greg Albertson's girlfriend? I don't know. I think I think so, but I I have no evidence other than it's just very convenient for me to think that. Someone told me that, and I don't know. I, is it was he related me. to it Donnie was me. Schmidt? Not related to Donnie Schmidt tits. Yeah. No, thank you, though. Um, shot. <laughs> it was worth a shot. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. That has been the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Uh, thanks to the, you guys for listening. Thanks to Fly Racing for giving away the cold weather package. Thank you to NFAB for giving away the two tickets to Phoenix with pit passes. Thanks to our winners, Sarah and uh, the other dude. Jason. Jason. And, of course, still on the Jason theme. Weege, JT, thank you guys. All right, man. See you, uh, boys. See ya. And, yeah. uh, and that's it for another week uh, here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Every Thursday noon before every Supercross, we're going to uh, take a look at the races and uh, break them all down with uh, some heavyweight industry insiders here. So stick around. You, don't forget you can get the show on iTunes. You can get it on Stitcher. You can get it on the uh, Pulp Mex app and all of that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Tits, thank you, and we'll see you next Thursday. You got it. See you, everybody.